Don't touch that dial. It's the American Grooves Radio Hour with your host, Joe Lauro. I want to be a real cowboy girl And wear all the buckles and straps I want to know how it feels to wear spurs on my heels Then strut about in my shaft I want to toad a six-shooter too on a belt that is four inches wide And ride like deuce on a buckskin gauge With a cowboy I love by my side The Girls of the Golden West in 1935, Mildred and Laverne Good. Their story was that they were from a ranch in Texas, but the reality was they were farm girls from Illinois. Hey, but that's the show business, folks. And the Girls of the Golden West were one of the few women acts then found performing country music. It was a field pretty much dominated by men performers like Gene Autry, Jimmy Rogers, and so many others. The Girls of the Golden West. And I think a great way to begin our program in commemoration of Women's History Month. We're a little bit past it, but I wanted to get this show to y'all last week, but I was out of town, so here we are, just one week late, but I think you'll enjoy it. We're going to be focusing on some of the earliest 
lady performers of country music, both as singers and also as accompanists. But you know something? We can't go any further without the Carter family. Sarah Carter, Maybelle Carter, and A.P. Carter. And there's a great example, classic example of the Carter Scratch, which was a description of Maybelle Carter's very specific style of picking the guitar. Their voices in harmony there. And, you know, as popular as the Carter family was, and they truly were pioneers of American country music, they were performing in schoolhouses, in churches, in backyard picnics, barbecues, houses. The show business was not what it is today. There was nothing, anything like Ticketmaster. How you got people to your show is you had what was known as an advance man. You'd send a fellow out to the town you were about to play in, usually 
a few days before, and they would plaster the town with little flyers and posters of the upcoming performance, again, usually in some local schoolhouse or church. So here is the Carter family at the first session, the Bristol session, the Big Bang of country music that brought us not only the Carters, but Jimmy Rogers and so many others. Sarah Carter here on a 19th century tune called The Wandering Boy. If her voice doesn't tear you apart, I don't know what will. Out in the cold world And far away from home Somebody's boy is wandering along No one to guide him And keep his footsteps right
Ernest Phipps and his Holiness Singers, recorded at the Bristol Sessions, July 1928. Uh, Phipps was a preacher from Kentucky. I think it was Corbin, Kentucky. And the Pentecostal Holiness musical style, as you can hear here, really encouraged a rousing emotional approach, unlike some of the more staid church singing that um, most of us are familiar with. The material is based on traditional hymns, uh, and the group, why we're including it here, is made up largely, or at least 50% of various different women. I believe his wife, Minnie Phipps, uh, and Nora Briley are in the group. 
others too. Uh, Shirley Jones on guitar, Edna Johnson on banjo. So we have a string band that recorded at Bristol and is absolutely one of the most important and rousing performances from those amazing sessions. Also at Bristol was Ernest Stoneman and his family with Hattie Stoneman on fiddle. Are you a king of the lamb? Are 
Stoneman and his family. We started off with their recording of Are You Washed in the Blood of the Lamb of the Lamb uh, at Bristol in 1928. And it's significant. Hattie Stoneman on fiddle, Irma Frost, and Edna Brewer are vocalists on that track. And then we followed it with Ernest Stoneman himself singing that tune. Uh, the Unlucky Road to Washington, originally recorded by Charlie Poole as the White House Blues and later Milwaukee Blues. He redid it a few years later. And it's the story about a political assassination. Anyway, that was Ernest Stoneman with Hattie Stoneman on fiddle, recorded on Edison Records in 1927. 
You know, another one of the earliest country pioneers was Fiddlin' John Carson, recorded by Ralph Peer in the early 1920s, and he went on for quite some time. Sometime around the late 20s, he began using his daughter, Kate, on guitar. They called her Moonshine Kate. She accompanies him on so many recordings, and OK Records gave her the opportunity to record some solo sides, actually with her singing, playing guitar, and fiddling John on, what else? Fiddle. Here is Moonshine Kate. Carson in 1931 with Fiddle and John accompanying her Texas Bound. Thank 
Take my things in the grill Take me along ocean trail Out on a great big steam ship And I ain't coming home no more, no more Totally obscure Harold and Hazel at their only recording session ever, 1933 in Chicago. I believe the last name was Moss, M-A-U-S. If they were, in fact, married, that was Harold's last name. Hazel is a mystery, yodeling her little heart out. Yodeling was such a stylistic necessity in country music after Jimmy Rogers really introduced it into the form. And there were yodelers on every street corner, I think, and certainly on so many country records that were recorded. And uh, there is another example. And I think one of the queens of the style, like the girls of the Golden West, who did it in harmony, was Patsy Montana. And I actually got a chance to meet Patsy Montana and hear her sing you know, as an elderly lady, this would have been about 30 years ago. There's a little joint on, I think it was 10th Avenue, downtown Manhattan, called the uh, Cowgirls Cafe. And they brought Patsy Montana in. It was a tiny little place. I remember finding some great 78s there. And um, here she is back in her heyday around 1936, Patsy Montana riding the Sunset Trail. One I love while he's riding by my 
Montana riding off into the sunset. And if you're just tuning in, I am Joe Loro, and you are listening to the American Grooves Radio Hour, where every Sunday at 4 o'clock, and then we repeat at 10 o'clock in the evening, we play nothing but shellac 78s from the pre-World War II era. All types of stuff, all types of genres, country, jazz, blues. And we are focusing tonight on some of the great ladies of early country music in commemoration of Women's History Month, which has just ended. But we had hoped to have this show on last week, but because I was out of town, we couldn't. But here we are tonight, and you're listening to us on WLIW-FM Southampton, over the air at 88.3, and serving Eastern Long Island and Southern Connecticut. If you happen to be around the Stony Brook area, a little east of there, we're at 96.9 in Western Suffolk, and streaming at WLIW.org backslash radio. And on all of your streaming platforms and smart speakers, I don't have a smart speaker. I have to wind my speaker up. That's another story. This is listener-supported WLIW-FM, Long Island's only NPR station. Gonna leave till judgment day. Oh. 
Chapman's Heartbreakers with the mysterious Peggy Lou on vocals doing an old 1928 hokum tune uh, known as It Feels So Good on this record, the Bluebird label. It's just feels good. Dick Hartman was the leader of the band. Uh, they recorded for several years on Bluebird in New York and Atlanta, and that side was recorded in Charlotte. And we include it here because of Betty Lou's provocative vocal. Before that, we heard the mysterious Peggy Parker with Percy Bechtel's band. Bechtel was a very talented and very overlooked and underrated guitarist from the early 30s. And um, that record wound up on Columbia's Hillbilly or Country series. And it really isn't a country record, but I, I have no idea why they put it on that. It really is more of a pop jazz tune. But since it was in the country catalog and since we're looking for early country female voices, we're going to include old Peggy Parker there. Wonderful recording of the song Memphis in 1931. Another curious inclusion in Columbia's country series from 1931 was a recording by the Duncan Sisters. The Duncan Sisters, a sister act, obviously, um, were in a show that was very popular that taught vaudeville and I believe Broadway earlier called Topsy and Eva. One of the Duncan Sisters appeared in blackface in that role, and it was sort of a musical takeoff on Uncle Tom's Cabin. So we're not going to talk about it too much. But somehow the Duncan sisters wound up on the country series. And here they are in 1931 doing a very charming tune called Dusty Road.
Roselle Ming was the guitarist with the legendary Floyd Ming's Pep Steppers. I believe she was Floyd Ming's wife. She plays guitar on all of their tracks. There's not that many. I think they only made four sides. And her guitar playing is relentless, really right in in the beat and helps create this amazing and unusual sound that the Pep Steppers had. And here they are with Roselle Ming on guitar doing their Tupelo Blues from 1928. <laughs>
Arizona singer Billy Maxwell singing the ancient folk tune. I call it sort of a cowboy ballad. Billy played guitar in her father's band, the White Mountain Orchestra, and I believe she was the first cowboy, female cowboy singer from Arizona ever to record. They were um, discovered by Ralph Peer and recorded for Victor in 1929, and he heard her singing at the session and went on to record her. I think she did four to six sides on her own, Billy Venero being my favorite, a true cowboy folk song. Well, folks, that about wraps it up for the American Grooves Radio Hour. I hope you've enjoyed our homage to the earliest lady country singers ever to record. We'll be back next week at 4 and 10 o'clock. So until then, folks, have a great week and remember to tune in. Okay, America! The American Grooves Radio Hour is brought to you weekly on WLIW-FM, Southampton, 
88.3 on your radio dial and at WLIW.org and all streaming formats.